0: Hi, welcome back to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. Today, we're going to talk about what I learned about trauma recovery from Jessica Jones. Who would have thought that the valuable survival skills could be gleaned from a Netflix series about a snarky, tormented superhero? Since my husband left me, divorced me, and erased me during the summer of 2019, I experienced my very first bona fide panic attack that can best be described as an all-body-and-soul slam-dunk, meltdown event that has become an ongoing thing. My mental health professional team of doctors, therapists, and energy healers all agree that it's probably complex ptsd caused by layers of prolonged trauma and it requires a multi-layered treatment plan in order to recover as an anti-hero struggling to deal with complex trauma jessica jones self meditates medicates with alcohol becomes excessively withdrawn and battles incapacitating panic attacks and crippling anxiety. What I learned from her, as far as healthy coping techniques that she does, involved using a type of mind mapping that refocuses her attention in order to shut down or redirect the neurotransmitters in the neural pathways of the brain which are precisely what anti-anxiety meds are designed to do. Let's think about that. It's beautifully simple, uh, but it works quite well. Imagine you are taking a trip and you map it out as you narrate and observe details carefully. For example, I often, often begin at my house and map the journey to a favorite restaurant or similar destination. I imagine leaving my driveway and heading toward X street, where I stop and turn right on Y street as I observe the baseball field on the corner. I continue on past the jogging trail where people are walking their dogs and I approach the light at the intersection of D street and E street, where I turn right. Then I continue every stop sign, turn, landmark past and so forth until I reach my destination. By the time I get there and arrive, my heartbeat has slowed, slowed down and my breaths are coming easier. I think that owning a toolbox of coping strategies to help navigate these anxiety attacks and tsunamis of grief, grief that slam into you unexpectedly, is a critical necessity if you hope to make progress on your healing journey. This is a type of mind mapping. There are other kinds that help you trace things back to childhood wounds and childhood trauma, all kinds of different things. But I like this one with the taking the mental journey mind map because it's, um, it focuses your attention and it rewires, remaps the brain. Other ideas to manage the onslaught of overwhelming emotional distress could include mindfulness and meditation, journaling, weighted blankets. I have one of these that weighs like 20 pounds. It's very weird, but it kind of works. Kava tea, Uh, ever been to a Kava bar? It's a thing. Um, You can buy Kava tea at most grocery stores. Other supplements, For example, I take five HTTP every night. It helps with the neurotransmitters in your brain. It actually uh, allows me to sleep a little bit better. Exercise, yoga, energy healing of different kinds, uh, letters to the offender, with no intention to send them of course, uh, and listing other crimes against humanity in order to stay grounded in reality and to resist the urge to idealize or romanticize. So often we remember only the good and we conveniently gloss over the bad, much in the same way we did when we were together with cluster B partners. These would be your narcissists, your sociopaths and so forth. The entire relationship is based on lies and fantasy versions of the person you think you were in love with. So in a sense, You are forever in love with a ghost, a phantom, an illusion that was never real. One would think that it would make it easier to let them go by knowing that it was a false creation, but quite the contrary. The brain and the heart are complicated and silly, fickle things that simply refuse to set you free from the trauma bond that binds you. So let's consider for a moment that somehow you are successfully managing your recovery process, but something even larger and darker is at play. Many of the enlightened coming-of-age community predicted that 2019 would be the year of universal change that would bring chaos and painful endings for many while at the same time a shift of paradigms that would take place and usher humanity into a new collective consciousness. Now, I'm not sure about all of that, but I have witnessed an epidemic of elevated agitation and discontent, as well as an uptick in irrational and aberrant behavior. Growth is usually difficult, and I am not certain that all change is progress, and or that all movement is in the right direction necessarily. It seems that there's a rise in mental health issues, violence towards self and others, and other criminal acts of desperation, hate, and fear. It almost seems as if society and its denizens are unraveling from the inside out. The concept of Wetiko a Native American word for cannibal, comes to mind. This is a type of cannibalism that is not of the flesh, but of another's life, which destroys them mentally. This disease, this wetiko, spelled W-E-T-I-K-O, is a psychosis. It is the greatest epidemic, sickness, known to man we as a species are in the midst of a massive psychic epidemic a virulent collective psychosis that has been brewing in the cauldron of humanity's psyche from the beginning of time aren't we lucky to have this coming to fruition right now in 2020 like a fractal Wetiko operates on multiple dimensions simultaneously, intrapersonally within individuals, interpersonally between ourselves, as well as collectively as a species, as a society. Cannibalism, in Forbes' words, is the consuming of another's life for one's own private purpose or profit. Those affect Afflicted with Wetiko, like a cannibal, consume the life force of others, human and non-human, for private purpose or profit, and do so without giving back something from their own lives. So what we do uh, to deal with this is very important. How do we survive when our soul has been ravaged by cannibals? Well. Uh, how can we cope to navigate, hope to navigate towards any kind of mental health in a world filled with increasing numbers of predators who have little, if any, conscience, morals, ethics, or compassion? The growing horde of soulless ghouls is comprised of vampires, parasites, sycophants, sharks, snakes, and vultures who prey on anyone who might offer up. Substance for fuel, sustenance for fuel. Now, before you hang a wreath of garlic above your door and invest in other totems for self-protection, the first step is learning to establish healthy boundaries. Learning how to establish these boundaries can be the key to your success in avoiding future psychic vampirism or cannibalism. In the weeks after my recent divorce was final, I tested the waters in efforts to make a bold declaration if he could move on so effortlessly and with such abundant l'amour de la passion, I should be able to do the same. What followed has been a series of failed attempts to move on in any capacity with another individual as well as serving as a much needed uh, test to see if I could indeed establish healthy and clear boundaries for the first time in my life. After some awkward moments, I can say with absolute certainty that I have learned a new and crucial survival skill. I also learned that I am a long way from being able to begin any kind of relationship with another human being. It may take years, And that may never happen, and that is okay. But I know that it will not happen now. And I know that meaningless encounters serve no purpose except to corrupt the soul and weaken the spirit. I'm better than that. I deserve better than that. So I wait. I wait until I am healed and whole, and even then there will be boundaries, and a lot of them. In addition to clear and consistent boundaries, another tool to ward off those who seek to devour you and gobble up every last morsel of your soul um, would be to preserve your goodness and surround yourself with people who have walked this road of misery and who have pulled themselves out of the pit of despair following a hellish relationship with a narcissist sociopath predator or perhaps just an addict in their life. We have to find our tribe, the brothers and sisters in arms, and lean on one another as we advance in the darkness. They will rally around you and provide insulation. They will see red flags of zombie throngs, and they will circle the wagons. They will arm themselves and fight with the strength that only comes from surviving a near-death experience. There is power in numbers, and the best warriors who will jump in the trenches and get dirty beside you are the ones who are veterans of the war. Leverage them to your advantage and stand shoulder to shoulder through the valley of the shadow of death. This is a war for your soul. Others may abandon you. They do not understand the enemy or the threat. Power up and put on your armor. Sometimes it is a long protracted fight where you focus your attention determines your emotional state. When you focus on, a, on the problems, spend all your time trying to understand them and allow your thoughts to belong to the one who hurt you. It creates and prolongs negative emotions and stress. But when you focus on actions like self care and healing and focus on taking control of your situation, You create a sense of personal efficacy that produces a positive outcome, mind over matter. The power of intentions and the attitude you nurture amidst this suffering and recovery process is so important because you are designing a new and improved world for yourself. You attract what you fear, so becoming fearless and brave is essential. Practice imagining where you would like to be in a year and make a list of what you can do to get there. Be practical and smart, thus not surrendering to fantastical thinking, succumbing to despair, ridden longings, or wallowing in powerlessness. The beauty of life is that there are always opportunities to learn and seize control of our journey. So life has kicked you in the teeth and the love of your life has plunged foot-long dagger into your back. Well, just get up and get on. Vow to do better and be stronger and learn as many survival skills as you can to come out on the other side of it. You may be beaten up and battered and bruised. Maybe you have even lost a limb or a few teeth or your hope and dignity and confidence along the way. But you know what? On the other side of that, There is something else waiting for you. It's true. Things will not ever be the same. You can't bring back the one you lost, the one who betrayed you. You can't bring them back and love them to wellness and a happily ever after. They are gone. They aren't coming back. They wanted something else more than they wanted you. So you limp on and move forward, crawling if you have to, And you do it alone and you do it when you don't even want to. Nobody will be there on the other side to rush into your arms and, and give you everything that you lost. That life is gone and all the beauty and love in it is also gone. You will find something else. You may not think that you want that something else because it could never be as perfect or as wondrous or joyful as what you lost. But all the time you are thinking about these terrible things, you keep moving forward. Don't turn around. There is nothing back there for you now. When it feels like you can't do it, do what Jessica Jones does, and just keep moving your damn feet. There is no other choice for you. except that truth. I am leaving my place of employment I drive to the edge of the parking lot and turn right onto Grant Avenue. I pass children leaving school. They have their backpacks. At Amarillo Boulevard, I turn right as I pass the Taco Villa restaurant. I make it through one green light, two green lights, three green lights, and I'm on the turning lane. I turn to Buchanan Street and I proceed through downtown. Christmas decorations are starting to appear. I enter I-40, merging as I turn, and then I head towards home. Try it. It might work for you.